Guys, welcome back to the Physique Factory podcast with myself and Connor and Moran. So, good to have you back, James. Things. <laughs> it's good to have you back after last week. Yeah. Oh, you did one by yourself, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd better get something out there. But um, yeah, I thought I'd fire one up there. Hopefully people found it interesting. It was a bit more serious than usual. I'm going to be honest, what, what was it? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> the power of consistency, James. Come on, you, you tell me you don't listen to your own podcast. <laughs> you don't listen to yourself talk back. No, I can't, I can't be doing that. I can't be watching myself back and listening to myself. Fucking it's just know. like record it, then forget it even exists. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with uh, anything that I record and put on Instagram. It's just, um, yeah, I can't bring myself to watch it back. I, yeah, I do yeah, it. Just, when I'm yeah, editing yeah. it and putting it on, then maybe. But as soon as it's posted, I can't. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I look at me and I'm like, what a handsome man. What a handsome man. <laughs> Big arms as well. <laughs> keep watching you watch about 50 times a day. <laughs> it's got like 7,000 views, but they're all me. <laughs> so uh, how's how's your prep going, James? Yeah, it's good. I mean, like five weeks in, so the sixth week next week. It's absolutely flown. I've not even thought about it really because I've been that busy. Um, it's it's just really easy. I mean, I'm, I'm on no cardio or anything like that. I'm, I'm on like quite high steps, 20,000, but compared to like what, what I normally do anyway, it's not like 16, 17,000. Yeah. So I'm just actively thinking about going like a little walk once a day. And it's just it's just easy. From the last time I prepped was 2018. I know the, fir- the first time was the year before. I really struggled just because with the structure and so much change because then I wasn't weighing my foods every day. Um, for the past four years, even though I've been in like an off season sort of thing and maybe doing a mini cut here and there, I've been like really structured with it, weighing everything, um, being really precise and having that routine. So I think doing that, it's not really changed because I was only having like one off plan meal a week with that. The only fact, uh, difference in prep is I'm not having that off plan meal and that, that, that's basically it. I'm in a deficit as well. So, yeah, there's, there's nothing. I, I think going back to the steps, I'm glad you said it's like not much more than you usually do because I didn't want someone to listen to this and be like, shit, I've got to do 20,000 steps every single day because yeah, that's, that's a lot of steps. Like for some crazy. people, that is, is a lot of steps. We're PTs, aren't we? So we're on our feet all the time, yeah, especially yeah. you work at two gyms, don't you? So we, I guess you're walking around a lot. And Well, I pace around a lot as well. I don't know about you, but I definitely pace around a lot. <laughs> Thinking about posts on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk around in circles, make it look like I'm busy. But um, <laughs> how do you think getting those steps in on like the weekend though? Like, like so tomorrow when you're like not working or anything, or even today, how do you think so getting I'm those steps? Say today, so what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll actively think about going on a walk, probably might go on two. So straight after this, I'll walk up to the gym. Um, have a walk around the res there, and then I'll probably go another walk later. I, I get 20,000 in definitely. You need to get yourself a dog or something, James. I know, yeah. I've got a cat, so I can just walk that. <laughs> Even then, <laughs> I, I found with steps as well. Like, if you get up early and get like a chunk of them out of the way, like I'll go walk a dog first thing in the morning, yeah. and that like gets a good chunk of them out of the way early in the day, then you're not kind of chasing your tail. But if you like, if you leave it and you sit and do nothing all day, and then it's like five o'clock and you're like, I've got 10,000 steps to do. That's not a good way to do things. To be fair, I did that the other night. I had 6,000 steps. It was on the, the first. It was bank holiday, so the gyms were like restricted hours. Yeah. Uh, in England anyway, because of all this Jubilee shit. <laughs> yeah, we're not... Well, I'm personally not celebrating that the same. <laughs> Some oh, people I'm, are. No, I'm, I'm not either. It's, uh, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, the gym closed at four, meaning like probably half the steps I did. Um, that day so I left until about 8 o'clock at night because I had some stuff to do on the, on the, um, on the laptop and 
So we had to like literally it was going dark. I was walking around the moors at the top of the house, and uh, yeah. Of course, are uh, you live in uh, you live in that kind of area? Yeah, yeah, sheep and cows <laughs> yeah. all over the road. Hi, up in the moors, so you better watch yourself up there. I try to remember the names of those uh, infamous people that were up there. <laughs> um, yeah, what did he say? What were they? It's the uh, the, the moors murderers. What are they called? Ian Brady. I forget what they're called. Um, Ian Brady and um, I can't remember. I can't remember. Can't remember. History is not my strong point. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what the podcast is about. <laughs> yeah, this has turned into a murder mystery one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, on another note. Uh, we was having a conversation the other day, wasn't we? This is what the whole podcast, why we thought we'd jump on and do this and centre around this topic. We haven't really got an, a, like a name for it, but we're just going to see where it goes with this, with the topic. And that's more like skill acquisition. So when we're training, say if it's maybe if it's yourself or if you're a PT, you've got a client in the gym, if you're giving them a certain exercise, that might be challenging. It might be challenging skill, um, as in... What's a good exercise for like what would be challenging? Say if a newbie come to us. What well, I think a good example is what I talked about the other day, actually, in the, the whole RDL thing. Because yeah, like when I work in the studio, we are limited on equipment. We've not got a lot of stuff in there. So I've seen me like in the past, and I didn't know any better at the time as well. But um, you know, giving someone an RDL on their first day in the gym and they've never trained in their life before. And I'm like, why can't this person do that? Why are they struggling so much? Why does this look like, you know, the shit and dog sort of thing? And I'm like, why can't they actually do that? And I suppose through a bit of like learning and a bit of trial and error, you soon learn that it's like, right, I can regress this exercise and I can give them something that's more simple. And then it, it leaves that client, you know, if, if, it's, if you give them the RDL on the first day and, and they don't nail it straight away, they're going to feel like they're an idiot. They, you know, they've never been into a gym before and they're like, oh, I'm not doing too well at this stuff. But if you can regress that, take it back to even like, I suppose like a, a real regression of that going way back would even be just something like a, a spot, I suppose a glute bridge almost to a degree because it's, yeah. it's the first kind of starting bit of that kind of hip extension movement. So if you can give them something simple, your, your client might be beyond that already. But, you know, if you can find out where they are in that kind of, um, you know, skill requirement, whether they're at the, the glute bridge, whether they're maybe at a 45 degree hip extension or whether they're maybe at an RDL, um, if you can give something, give them something they can pick up within two minutes, they're going to feel like, yes, I'm absolutely smashing this. But if you give them something like the RDL and they've never done it before and they don't have the skill requirement to do it, well, then they're going to feel like an idiot. Definitely. I think that's one thing as PTs that we, uh, when we first went into training people about like eight years ago, that's something that I didn't really think about, like the skill requirement. No one actually taught us about that. They said in when we was doing our PT qualifications, it was like, right, here's a list of exercises. You do this, that and the other. And it's just set in stone like that. But they never actually taught us the actual skip. I know they, they teach us like cues to do. And even they're wrong yeah. that, we taught, that we got taught because everyone's a bit different to what cues we're actually going to use with some individuals. Someone else might be different. So it's totally different than that sort of thing. But there's no idea that where you start off from, you know, really baseline thing. And like you said, just then it's totally dependent on the client's level where they're at so if the like entry level beginner then maybe we wouldn't go into an rdl straight away um we go into something more like a potentially maybe a hip extension if they can do that so learning to yeah. flex the hips uh, and then um, like a glute bridge again you've got to watch with something like a hip extension <clears throat> like a 45 degree hip extension because if you've got quite a heavy client it's going to be quite oh, challenging yeah. for them that's it. It totally depends on the client, doesn't it? That's what I mean. It's like you can't just list a shitload of exercises on paper, do the perfect workout for their goals and not thinking who they are. That's the, that's the most important thing you need to think. What's their tolerance yeah. at the end of the day? 
Definitely. And like again, going back to the RDL, like there's so much going on there, like the stuff you've got to keep still, stuff you've got to move, and like movement patterns they've just not done before. And as I say, it's just going to leave them feeling a, a bit like an idiot because there is so much to consider. And if you don't know how to contract certain muscles and how to keep certain muscles still, and you've not really got the strength or ability to do that, well, then you're not going to get on too well. And I, I think when I first started doing it, I remember like I was like, okay, I just need to try a different cue. It's like this person is definitely not getting this. I'll just try something else. I'll just say something else. <laughs> and that just wasn't the case. It's not working. <laughs> no, no, you can say any cue you wanted, and they, they still weren't going to get it. And then it was just going to be like this kind of never ending, like, right, let's try this again. Let's try this again. Maybe three or four sessions down the line, they would get it. But it's like, I've just made them feel like an absolute idiot for three or four sessions rather than making them feel like they're absolutely smashing this thing and having a nice kind of route of progression. It also keeps it interesting too. If you can take someone from, you know, the baseline exercise all the way up to something that does take a lot of skill requirement, then that's great. That's it. It's just that awareness of the client being aware of where their body is and where their limbs are and all that sort of thing. When we've been doing RTS and Integra and stuff like that, they call it orchestration and getting everything going. What are all the pieces of the puzzle that, that are required? Yeah. And at the end of the day, most of them to begin with, it's getting all the everything contracting and the actual, it's a nervous system regulating everything where we're at. So I think that body awareness is a big thing too, because like, I've definitely like I would say I, I reckon I've got good body awareness and I'm like I, I can contract muscles pretty well and things like that and so I should be able to but um you know sometimes you watch back your training videos and you're like fuck oh shit yeah <laughs> that's not was that sorry yeah something like this to if someone gave me a new unicycle and to cycle across like <laughs> a, a washing line that's like giving someone an RDL in the gym who's never done one before yeah exactly and like you might get an odd person that can just absolutely smash it straight away but nine out of ten people aren't going to be able to do that yeah that's it i would not manage on that fucking unicycle that's just, <laughs> yeah. never mind the washing line just on the unicycle feels stop yeah that's I'm pretty sure um, i'm pretty sure like uh, my father-in-law has a unicycle you know that Oh, that's interesting. You should give it a go. Really give it a go. <laughs> no, I'm all good. <laughs> Injured out of the gym for ages. It's like that skateboard at Metcon. I would have liked to try it, but I, I know how it would end. There's more and more people giving it a go now. There's like a bunch of bodybuilders that have joined up and they're doing it. And all skateboard and bodybuilder. They're going to go through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Like, I'm not risking the injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, not, uh, it's definitely not worth it. For me as well, the way um, I can't move well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's, what's another exercise you see like a lot of people? all the fucking time is a lunge or a split squat or something like that where there's a lot of balance involved we're not going to get onto the the actual uh topic of balance because that's really really in depth and there's more to it than what you think but in terms of someone doing like a lunge or a split squat i see it's all too often just because i see someone teaching it they're doing the exercise they shouldn't be doing the exercise they're all over the show they don't they display like ownership when they're doing the rep they don't look like they should be doing it um, ethically. Uh, ethic, ethically. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing it. They just shouldn't be doing it because they're, they're overweight. Think about the forces that are going through their joints. They're not stable. It's just um, it's just a silly thing to do. A walking lunge with weight for someone that's like already pretty overweight is probably a bad idea. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see it all the time in, like, the biggest loser things, don't you, in America? They're getting them doing stupid shit. Is that where you, is that where you study for, like, right, I'm, I need to get some new stuff for clients. I'm watching The Biggest Loser. No, that's where most of the PT studies these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah qualified at The Biggest Loser. Yeah, it's shocking. But, yeah, again, let's go back to that, like, lunge split squat thing. You're seeing someone, they're all over the fucking place. They can't stabilise themselves. They can't own the rep. 
Um, again, like they're really, really overweight. So just think about the forces going through that knee. Joint. I think another thing with that as well is um, where you place something like a split squat in the workout. Because yeah. again, um, something that I a mistake I've made myself is put a split squat near the end of a leg workout. It's like what a stupid fucking idea. Even for <laughs> us though, when we're that fatigued, it's fucking hard work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas like if you done something like I don't know, like even even I suppose a, a hack squat or a leg extension or something like that, like at least with a hack squat or a leg extension, you've got some sort of external stability. You don't need to rely on like your internal stability as much. And you'll if you're more fatigued, something like that's going to be better at the end of the workout. And um, not, not to say I would I would never do it because sometimes you just like to be cruel. But um yeah, you've got again, who are who are you giving it to and can they handle that sort of thing? That's it. I think with those clients who are new to something like that say if they're overweight um or they've got no skill they've not done the exercise before you'd literally start you'd look at the exercise that you want to do eventually and you just think what are the pieces of the puzzle to make up that so that'd be something like leg extension or you can get an embrace and you're but more locked in on like a leg press if that's something that they could do i mean you're getting people you're seeing people who split squats like bulgarians or anything like that or even walking lunges like we said when there's a perfectly good leg press where you could do a single leg press on, I just don't, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Again, it comes down to who have you got in front of you and what do they actually need, um, and what can they, what can they tolerate? Obviously, um, and another thing, like I was going to mention there again, I'm actually just relating this back to all the mistakes I made as a PT, um, and it was like you know to begin with, because obviously like we do like bodybuilding training, and I'm like right. So today's back day for you. Today's leg day for you. Yeah. Shit like that. And it's like, they've never been in the gym before. And I'm like, right, it's leg day. Like someone who has never trained before is not going to be able to handle that much volume on their legs. No, no, all in one go. It's ridiculous. It's, it's... I, I actually remember I had a girl in and at the end of it, I was like, I was just getting her to like step up on the bench. It was just like, right, I'll just get some sort of other idea for something. And her legs were that fuck. She like fell over. I was like, okay. I'm making a mistake here. <laughs> so definitely learn from your mistakes. Well, I mean, like going back to that thing was like leg day, chest day, all that sort of stuff. And someone has never actually been in the gym before. And maybe that not that's not even their goal. They just want to get in good shape and yeah. they're not going to need that much volume on weight one day, especially just starting off. And another thing is like PT is absolutely killing the clients and they can't go down the stairs or they can't fucking walk out the gym at the end of the session and they think it's a really, really good thing when they're causing that much muscle damage. They're totally fucked for the next two, three weeks. They can't yeah. do the job properly. They can't sit on the toilet and have a shit properly. It's, uh, it's one of those things you've got to just push them beyond their tolerance a little bit. That's and it. Give, give them a little bit more than than, than what they need need and uh, yeah and then just kind of advance it from there. But uh, another side of that is some clients definitely do like that though. They do like that you yeah. know feeling that they've been absolutely hammered. But it's just maybe when they are new to the gym, it probably isn't the best thing for them. You, you um, know about the personality as well and what their goals, what they want. Was that how do you want to feel after the session? How do you want to feel during the session? Um, yeah. Like recently, actually, um, I'm embarrassed to say, um, I had a guy uh, came in and trained with me, and to be honest, I thought he was handling it pretty well. Um, you know, we're going. I was doing some supersets and things like that, um, which maybe was slightly inappropriate for him. Now that I'm like looking back on it in hindsight, I'm thinking, right, maybe it was a little bit inappropriate for him. But he handled it pretty well. It looked like he was going through it pretty well. And he takes me after it, and he's like, "Oh, great session last night, man." I spewed when I got home. I was like, oh, no, that's not great. That's not what I want. I don't, I've obviously pushed him way beyond his tolerance, like 
far too much more than he needed um and obviously yeah uh, but he thought it was a good thing he was like you know that was a good session last he night got off of it then I say. <laughs> yeah well yeah definitely but at the same time I, again it's it's I suppose even just asking someone, I think um, I don't I don't know if it was actually Michael from um, Integra that actually said this to me in the first place and got this in my head. But I was like asking them how they want to feel at the end yeah. of that session. What kind of what kind of experience do they want to have that day? And he was quite happy with that experience. But at the end of the day, for me as a, a as a supposed fitness professional, I'm thinking right, that is definitely a bad feedback mechanism from yeah. his body that I've, I've pushed him beyond where he should be and um, so again it's just you, you kind of learn from doing I suppose and you are like for anyone that is like new to personal training and things like that you are going to make mistakes but um, it's important that you kind of take from them rather than continue to make them for, for years <laughs> yeah definitely I mean you just learn as you go on don't you and then it's just find that tolerance for the client I mean for the majority of my clients I always start off at really really low volumes especially on legs if I'm doing anything like a hack squat or a leg press if that's required to meet their goal and then I'd start off with like one set, one set, keeping like maybe like three, four, five reps in the tank on that first session, because it's just going to get really, really uncomfortable for the client. And that may be something that they don't want. And then the day after the legs are going to be fucked and they can't walk. And then they, like I said previously, they can't. I just, uh, I just absolutely smash them in the first session. Hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> <Welcome back. laughs> again, that's another thing. Like if, if you take the wrong person and smash them in the first session, like absolutely annihilate them. They're probably not going to want to come back. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just uh, they, they've not enjoyed that, and then the doms that they get in, they're not going to enjoy it. So it's a bad um, first exposure to personal training. So it's probably yeah, not good. Definitely, definitely. There's that other thing that yeah, um, that we learn about. It's very rare, but rhabdo, rhabdomyolysis. I can never remember the name of that. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Like I, I never heard of that until I started watching RTS videos. Never heard of it, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, basically, like that was about that guy in America that gave his client kidney failure from training them too hard, wasn't it? Yeah, nearly died. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a, that's another thing to think when someone's not been to the gym before and you're exposing to um, <coughs> the client with that much like force and stimulus and you're causing that much muscle damage, you can even cause like muscle fiber death, and then those fibers you got to get filtered out through the uh, through the kidneys, and that can cause renal failure. And then even die after that. So, no, um, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? A warrior, but, <laughs> but um, I'd love to know what that guy done in that session to take it that far. It must have been intense, though. That I don't know. It's yeah, to literally take it that far. Because I remember uh, one of my friends, he's into CrossFit, fucking cross shit, but. <laughs> why is this guy your friend James exactly no I'm just thinking <laughs> that now so um, oh no no he was my friend sorry but um, <laughs> yeah it was I yeah so uh, apparently they learn a bit about rhabdo when they're doing their um, cross shit training stuff so, what just in case yeah I'm not saying fit I'm calling, just calling it shit now so it's <laughs> <laughs> well at least, at least they're aware of it but uh, yeah it's crazy like um, I would, I'd love to know a bit more context on that one but I think that story that he he showed us in RTS it was more like um, she was really, really like unfit and untrained and things like that, and and like severely overweight as well. So again, like um, it, it would be pretty obvious not to push her that far. But I'd love to know what he actually done. Like, but... is uh, leading on to that. Oh, another thing that really makes me cringe. I just think poor knees, poor everything when they're doing it. The box jump, fucking hell. I mean, like for for athletes, it's a good thing. It's learning how to absorb forces when you're landing on the ground and doing eccentrics like that when you're landing. But if you want to lose weight, a box jump isn't the best exercise to do because what there's so much better things to do. You can get on a prowler, you can get on the treadmill, the bike, 
why do you want to fuck up your own joints when you're massively overweight when there's something as simple as walking on a treadmill to do rather than doing a box jump? It's just going to fuck your knees up. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to explain why it's going to fuck your knees up or if I just asked one question too many, James? <laughs> yeah, it's just the forces that we're using. So that impact, when we're jumping onto that box and that weight's coming down, the weight of the client, so if they're overweight, there's going to be so much force going into the knee and then as you're hitting the box with the impact mm-hmm. and then that knee is going to take so much abrupt force, then potentially some ACL injury maybe or tendon injuries in the long run. But when they're absorbing that landing, they've potentially going to go into a lot of valgus with the feet if they're not landing on their feet properly. Their arch is going to collapse and knees are going to go in and then the ACL is going to be fucked. Maybe. I think the simple way to think about it is uh, force equals mass times acceleration. Exactly, it's that simple, and then yeah, injury. That, that brings that brings on nicely to something like uh, and now we're getting into tempo. We're just talking about random training shit now, aren't we? But yeah, okay. um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll call this one ban the box jump. By the way, <laughs> or random training shit. I'm not saying box jumps are bad. That's the thing for the right client for the right goal. If they can tolerate that much of load and the eccentrics and the plyometrics of all that sort of stuff, then that's fine. I've been mostly athletes. They're pretty good. Um, for absorbing loads, training the stretch short and cycle. But if you want to, if it goes weight loss, don't even bother doing box jumps. It's yeah, definitely not essential for those sort of goals, is it? Um, but yeah. yeah, that brought me on nicely to, um, I see a lot of people on particularly hack squats and like pendulum squats and things like that, where, you know, we're taking that equation, force equals mass times acceleration and they're, on the hack squat or the pendulum squat and they're just fucking rocketing down just going down so fast and then like bouncing out the bottom and smashing up and I just think you're poor knees a good thing thing with the pendulum as well and then do you not seated leg press that we use when we come down yeah I was looking into it and it's going to get really I don't mean to like fucking get really technical here but rotational inertia just because that weight is further away from the axis than where we are where we're pressing that weight's going to move a greater distance meaning it's going to be harder to start and stop it's going to be harder to slow down, yeah. So we really need to focus on going really slow into the bottom and the top of those movements when the weight's further away from what we're pressing from. You so can see it in a pendulum squat. If you just look at someone on a pendulum squat, you can see that thing is going to want to move fast. Yeah. And the person usually allows it to. But um, yeah, every time I see that, it just, oh, <laughs> hurts my knees. <laughs> it's just if we're moving, like Connor said, then it's mass times acceleration. If we're moving fast into the bottom, think about what, what's on the load. Say we've got 20 on, on the pendulum or something like that, and we're moving at a certain speed, that's going to weigh more than 20. That thing, if we're coming down at a speed and we've got to stop maybe twice as much of that, and potentially we couldn't even tolerate that weight. So we could maybe tolerate the 20 that's on it, but if we're moving fast into the bottom, then we've got to change direction, stop that abrupt force then we're going to be lifting even more and potentially our knees, tendons, ligaments can't take I think a simple way to think about it is um, if I was to throw a, a small stone at you, it probably wouldn't hurt that much. But if I was to shoot a bullet at you and the speed that it's going at, that would fucking hurt. I think another one is uh, jumping off a bridge. But well, not saying you should jump off a bridge. <laughs> but if, if literally, if we just jumped off a bridge and didn't really move that fast and went slow or something like that, then we wouldn't get hurt. Or it's even like falling over or something like that. I mean, we're going to pick up the speed. It's the distance that we're going to travel. That's it. It's just, if we fell over at a slow speed and controlled our landing, then it wouldn't hurt. But the faster we're going to fall over, obviously it's going to hurt. It's like punching someone. Even like you just said, it's the speed matters. It all matters when we're lifting yeah, weights. Definitely. And, and again, relating it back to something like a pendulum squat or even a leg press, the faster you let that come down, 
the more force you're going to have to come up with at the bottom to then press it back up. And for some reason, people in the fitness industry don't think physics is important. <laughs> She's just crazy. <laughs> That's it. I, like, I mean, everything we do is physics, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <it's madness. laughs> to some degree, anyway. Yeah. To some degree. <laughs> so, what do we slag off next? Uh, hopefully we'll save some knees there. <laughs> yeah, don't do box jumps unless you are a professional football player. Don't do well, box jumps. Um, don't fucking smash down on the pendulum squat. <laughs> yeah, there's some knees saved already. That's it. There's another one as well. Um, a member getting taught is, oh, totally take out the eccentric because you're causing too much muscle damage. If you, your goal is not to cause much muscle damage with a client, you just need to take it out the eccentric. And the ad is literally dropping to the bottom of the pendulum. And I was like, this isn't right. This is fucking crazy. It's just <laughs> bouncing out the bottom, focusing on like slow concentrics. And I was like, you really need to control that bottom bit. I was, you know, he's going to get fucked up. So they thought about the whole physiological sort of thing with like muscle damage with the eccentric and the lengthening the muscle. But they didn't think about the forces going into our knee joint with that abrupt force. It's just yeah, you know, yeah. They thought of one half of the equation, but not the other. Did, have you seen that? Like, did you see that happen? Like, oh. is in like people doing it? Yeah, I yeah. Saw, I saw people getting coached that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, really? Wow, you've seen it all. I don't see that much bad shit. Like, <laughs> I suppose between working in the studio and uh, working in the gym or working, I don't actually see that much bad stuff. Like, you maybe see members in the gym doing stuff but i don't i don't actually see that much bad stuff from my pts or that which is a good thing obviously that's yeah, I mean, a, that's this, this, this was from a time when i worked in manchester like saying about taking the eccentric so i'm going to say names or anything like that but Hi, name them james name them yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh we got taught that and yeah it's not that uh it's not probably a good thing to do yeah it's good that you realize that as well though that you're like yeah something's not quite right here yeah, I knew something wasn't quite right, but when we started doing RTS, then we know why. I think that that's what's so good about Integra and RTS is we always know there's something iffy about movement, so there's something off. Then we actually break it down look into it, and that's what makes things so cool about those courses. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and again, like um, I think we should probably just have a discount code for RTS at this stage. We should do. Should do. <laughs> Promoting it that much. Michael on here next. But um, yeah, luckily, as I say, I don't, I don't see that much shit. But maybe I just need to get out more. <laughs> and there are some crazy things that go about though as well. And I think, uh, I think like things like TikTok and that as well. You get some amount of shit on that. I get so many clients that come up to me and they're like, "Oh, I've seen this on TikTok," and I'm just like, "No." <laughs> it's just social that. media in general, Instagram. Well, yeah, true. Poison, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, again, I don't just tend to see that much shit, but I'm maybe not looking in the right places. Yeah, we don't follow the right people. We don't follow the wrong people. That's it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we should start following them and calling them out. Oh, imagine that. That'd be class. We'd definitely have a lot of exposure. <laughs> was there not that guy before, like the farm police or something on Instagram? Oh, yeah, they've disappeared. They was having all the bodybuilders off, weren't they? But it was funny, though. What it, was ah, it was quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> Scared to post that in case you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do anything anymore, then. So that's, uh... nah, I think, think you'd get away with it now. What's, what's the worst thing you've ever done like that? Um, you know, it's probably something to do with like squats when I first started, just doing like partial squats or squatting to parallel, <laughs> which was just, I don't know why. They taught us that in the PT course. It was like, oh, just squat to parallel 90 degrees. And it was like, for some people, you should go lower. Some, some people, you should be higher. You shouldn't go to that depth. So it totally depends. I think um, going back to that, I said I don't see much shit, but I definitely do see that a lot. I do see people 
sacrificing the range of motion that they have available to them. So, I mean, to, to get clear on this, like, some people will have a limited range of motion on things um, for many different reasons. We won't get into that. But, um, but I definitely see people limit the range of motion they have available for more weight. And you just look at it and you think, why? What is the point? What do you actually think you're doing there? Um, and, yeah, that is, that is something that is definitely really common in, in probably any gym in the country. And uh, basically, if, if, if you're one of these fucking half-reppers, stop it. <laughs> but again, remember that is that is going to be relevant to you. So, um, you know, if, if you say, for example, you, you go in the leg press and you can only get down like a tiny bit and it's not really it's not really much range of motion. And that is all you've got available. You've tested your hip range of motion, things like that. You've tested your ankle range of motion. That's all you can get. Right. Well, maybe you need to look at that and think. Is there a better exercise I can be doing? Is there something that would suit me better? Is there something like a hack squat if it's your, if it's your hip range of motion? Is there something like a leg press with a four bar linkage so that you know if it's your ankle range of motion or something like that? So again, like a don't just sacrifice form and you know depth and things like that for more weight. And b if you're not getting much range of motion out of that exercise, then there probably is going to be a better exercise out there for you. Or better variation. <laughs> this is just like a warning to do. <laughs> is, that's it. Uh, if I see you in the gym doing that shit, I'll probably call you out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be our. Uh, call me and put you on Instagram. <laughs> for the next, if we see any shit in the gym, record it, put it on Instagram, tag a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like we won't help these people. We'll just record them and laugh at them. Yeah, make him feel bad about it. Then he definitely won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably never come back to the gym again. <laughs> and that's a good point as well, though. Like, um, you know, people are bad for that kind of thing, aren't they? They'll, like, film someone doing something instead of actually telling them. Like, oh, oh, why? have a conversation. All the time, these fucking master PTs, pricks, but the fucking getting the, film, getting the phone out, filming things, not even ask what they're doing. They're fucking all over the show again with the reps. And they just put it on Instagram just for the sake of it. Just hard to, it's hard to judge sometimes because again, you uh, someone might have someone might have broken their leg, for example, and yeah. that's all the range they've got right now. They're maybe just working within the range that they've got available to them to to then strengthen to like rehab it almost. Um, and it's hard to judge definitely because exactly. uh, just do the thing that we do with every client pretty much is just find out the range of things if they yeah. if they yeah. highlight a problem to us say they've broken a leg then we go through all the ranges in that leg compare them to the next one and then we'll probably go off the majority of the time we're going to go off the ranges that are limited in that leg but if you're looking at someone in the gym you don't know what their injury history is you don't know what their training history is you don't know what they're training for you don't know what their goal is so here's a good one here's a really good one have you ever been training someone for so long and they've not mentioned any injuries or anything and then all of a sudden they go, oh, yeah, well, this leg isn't actually my leg or something like that. <laughs> you know That's prosthetic. Like, okay, well, you could have told me that when we first started rather than two years down the line. <laughs> yeah, I have been like the questionnaire and that and like usually when I'm doing initial assessment, I'm asking if there's any injuries or limitations or any previous injuries or things like that. And they're like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. And then it's like two or three months down the line, they're like, oh, my back, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I've had problems with it for years. I'm like, oh, have you? That's, that's <laughs> interesting to know. That's like brilliant. <laughs> it's about time I fucking found that out. <laughs> that does happen quite often, though. Why does that happen all the time? I was like, oh, yeah, I just didn't mention it. I thought it was all right. And I was like... I felt all right that day. Injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, I think another thing to, is, that is important to know is like someone's 
training history as well, what they've actually been accustomed to. If you've got someone that's been training for years, but, um, you know, say someone that's been training for like 10 years, but they've never really seen any results in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever. It's good to know what they've actually been doing and what's not been working for them, essentially, um, which is getting into a whole other topic. <laughs> and I think we should get onto that topic next time. Um, so yeah. do you want to wrap it up, make it a quick one? Yeah, yeah, we might as well. That's just some random training facts for you guys today. Hopefully there's uh, been some real good take-homes in that. Hopefully it's been a bit more interesting in my solo one last week. <laughs> I'll go back and watch that. <laughs> there's nothing to watch, it's just listen. I just done it like a voice recording on my phone. So I think it's like windy in that outside as well. So it probably doesn't sound that great. So apologies to anyone that wasted their time listening to it. But uh, hopefully you took something from it. Cool. Anyway, guys, nice one for listening. Right, cheers, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Cool. I'll see you next time.